Almighty God, Father God, we just praise you tonight, Father, and we just thank you for being such a good God and watching over us our entire lives and, and even thinking of us, Father, when, when Jesus died on the cross, you were thinking of us, Father, and we're so thankful for that salvation. And Father, we just praise you tonight, Father, for your goodness and your mercy, and we just pray that as we speak tonight that we speak your words, Father, and we just praise you. We know your words are or truth, Father. And Father, we're in a world today that that not everybody's seeking truth. But Father, we seek your truth, your truth, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, tonight I uh, this microphone, I'll get it too close or not. But anyway, uh, tonight I just thought uh, it's so neat when you can seem like it's more homey when you're when you're in a circle, uh, we wouldn't expect in this big a circle, but we're glad you're everyone here. The bigger, the better. But uh, anyway, I I just uh, I had uh, Mike had asked me uh, last week to speak, and uh, and I've wrote. You see, I've got several pages here. I wrote several lessons on several different topics, trying to avoid the one that was really on my heart. And uh, you know, I just. Uh, this day and time, it's uh, it's it's well, it's, it's I want to talk about something that, that I've dealt with, that Gail and I have dealt with, the last uh, last six months or last year. Uh, think we're living a changing world, and uh, and it's uh, it's something that we need to really look at, and and how are we going to navigate what you know, what what happens. And, uh, you know, in Matthew 24, it talks about the disciples asked Jesus. Um, um, they looking at the buildings, and he asked, he, and Jesus told them the buildings would, would, all, would, all, would all crumble. And they asked, they asked him another question. He said, when, it, when will be the end of the age? And he, he told them uh, all about there in Matthew 24, it's called them um, um, all of that discourse is what it's in, in uh, Matthew 24, and it's also in uh, Mark 13 and Luke 21. It's where, uh, but he talked talked about talked about the last days. And uh, so, anyway, there's a scripture that that I really like, my favorite scripture, I guess, in the Bible, and I just like to read it and talk about it just a little bit before I go into the lesson. It's Romans 12, verse 2. Um, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might that you might prove what is the will of God. And so we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Our citizenship's in another world. But every time I read this, I, I know we had a preaching contest here, and uh, I, I talked about this. And when I, when I see this word, be not conformed to this world, always, I've always thought, went back to the potter's wheel. And when I taught that lesson, I, uh, I, uh, I called my sister Susan. She used to do some pottery. And I said, Susan, I said, I'm reading this. And I said, I just keep thinking of the potter's wheel. And she said, Jan, uh, she got to tell me about it and said, you know, they, to get this, this, dirt they work with they call it the mari clay and they'd have to dig down real deep to get that clay and, they, and they use water and 
you know, dig through the sand and get down there and get the Mari clay. That, and then they would get this clay, and, uh, and a lot of times when they was digging that clay, I want to go back to the, the Mari clay, uh, they couldn't get out of that hole because it's wet and it's muddy and it's deep, and they'd throw their hands up and said, somebody help me. And sometimes we have to throw our hands up and say, someone help me, I need help. And, uh, but anyway, and they would get this clay, and they would uh, work with it, put the water with it, and they would get to, uh, the potter would work with it. And he, he'd work with it until it quit fattening. That's what, that was the term they used. It, that's when it started working. You know, they could, they, could, they could mold it a little bit, and it, it would quit fattening. And then they'd take this, this, this dirt and put it right in the middle. I don't know if you've ever seen a potter's wheel, but there's a little peg sticks up. And you put that right in the middle there. And that's where we want to be, is right in the middle of, of, of God's workings, right in, right in the center of God's master plan. And anyway, and when you was making this, this, this vessel, and the Bible calls us vessels, and, uh, and he, would, he would get this clay working, and then he'd take his hand, and he'd put it in the heart of this, they called it the heart, and he would start shaping and make a, a beautiful vessel. And so that's what God wants, is to be uh, beautiful vessels. He wants to be a vessel. The Bible talks about vessel, vessels of good use. And so, but anyway, we are in a time of trouble. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have, Gail and I have dealt with this for a while. And, and, uh, and I know it's, it's on everybody's mind. There's people doing drastic things. People are, lots of suicides are up. Uh, people are worried, and, and, and you don't really, and uh, it's getting to a point, we was talking to a lady yesterday, in China, uh, they call it, if you try to witness someone, they call it hate speech, and, uh, and so it's, uh, we're getting to a point, and I remember Dwayne teaching lessons uh, a few years ago, and he talked about getting up on your mountain, and getting up on the mountain that God calls you, and, and uh, you know, and seems like that we as Christians have it we've been sort of set back and we really hadn't got on our mountain and uh, you know in our worlds uh, we're getting in a, a bad situation but you know so what I've sort of come up with is a survival guide to how are we going to navigate uh, the, the coming days and uh, anyway I thought you might have some thoughts but you know we know God loves us uh, we're his children. We're citizens in, the, in, in another world. Uh, we've been bought with a price, and we're his. And uh, and we know that what what are we going to use? What tools are we going to use to for the coming days? You know, I'm always uh, <clears throat> I'm concerned about my grandkids, and uh, you know, uh, you know, I've, and about the future of America. And, uh, but I know it will, it'll get you down that pit if you ain't careful. You know, you'll get down there and you, uh, it'll, you, it, so Gail and I, we've been doing a fast at our house and we've been fasting from the news <laughs> and that's a shame to do that, but it's, it's, it's got to bother us and it got, it took our mind off of the Lord and it took our mind off of others and we've also been isolated. 
And, uh, you know, and I didn't like that. I, I don't like, I, I, t- I told Gail, I said, I don't like this. I don't like, how are you going to witness anyone at home by yourself? And so we see Satan, uh, you know, the Bible, the Bible says in Ephesians 6 chapter, our battle is not against flesh and blood. But it talks about it's, uh, it's against rulers of darkness, principalities, and uh, stuff like that. And so we are in a battle right now. Uh, with good and evil, is it? Is anybody? Does that? Does that bear witness with anyone? Uh, and that. So, how? You know, uh, the main thing. I, the first thing I come up with. I said, uh, what does a person need to to battle this battle? I don't want to get political or controversial, or we're not going to argue, uh, or anything like that. But uh, you know, back during the the plagues, you know. Moses told the men to write the, to put that blood over their doorpost. And so that's something we need to ask ourselves. You know, what what is, you know, do we have that blood? You know, if that blood was over your doorpost, I don't know, I remember the old movie, how that fog would come through there, you know. And it, uh, what movie was that? The Ten Commandments, wasn't it? And it, but it passed those houses that, that had that blood over their, their lintel and their doorpost. And, uh, but, you know, the firstborn of every family, the animal and all, uh, the devil uh, killed them. And so, but so do you have the door, the blood over your doorpost? That's, that's the main thing, you know, because whatever happens, you know, and I, I've, uh, you know, I'll just be honest, I wanted things to sort of flip, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, get, America back on its feet again. And uh, I said, either that or, you know, it's man has done all he can do, uh, you know, and so this is a God thing. And so, so we've got to decide, we've got to have a, we've got to have a plan. And so the first one is to have that blood over the doorpost. And, uh, and I talked about renewing our mind. When I was talking about that, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And uh, that renewal of the mind is you've got to be in the Word. You've got to renew that mind every day. And you've got to be in the, and, and you know, read the Word. I'd come in and I'd, I'd tell Gail, I said, I've just got to have some Word. I've got to have some comfort. I'd have to read the book of Psalms or, you know, some book of, of, of comfort. Something would come for me. But, and also, you need to have, be around positive people. And, uh, and so I had a person that was uh, pretty positive. It would straighten me out pretty often when I'd get down and out. And, uh, and think on, on the good things and, and realize that, that the Lord is in control. Is, uh, anybody else got anything to, they'd like to say uh, along this area? So just raise your hand if you've got... There's some mics, and we, we all, they want this on tape because they're going to check, check me out here. But, uh, but anyway, uh, I want to read you before I go any further. Last night, uh, I got to missing. Gail's got me a little, uh, I don't know if it's an iPad, Gail, but I got, I got lucky, and I got on, I think, Wikipedia or something like that. And uh, I've never seen that word before, but I, I got on it. And it says here, as, as I read some, I just started 
wrote down some things. Uh, the causes for the fall of Rome. Can everybody hear me? Can y'all hear me back there? The causes for the fall of Rome. The first one that they, they listed was a decline in values and morals. There was 30,000 prostitutes uh, on the streets. There was lots of uh, perversions. Uh, there was lots of, they said there was a public health diseases and pandemics. It said there was inflation. It said there was urban decay. A divided empire, an invasion of barbarians, and I'm not I'm not saying those people come over are barbarians, uh, but uh, but anyway that's that was and it says uh, the effects of the fall. Romans road Roman roads were no longer safe to travel. Cities and towns become isolated. People moved to the country to grow food. They bartered instead of using money. No law or protection against crime. The Roman Empire grew until it could no longer control its borders. And it showed some pictures there, and there was in these pictures of Rome, there'd be lots of smoke, be lots of burning. Uh, and it said the effective, uh, the armies lost their effectiveness in their numbers, and, and there was a struggle for power. And uh, and then it said, what can what can we learn from the fall of Rome? Do not abandon a republican kind of government in favor of a dictatorship. Adhere to the law said luxury can harm a society as much as a war. And Rome failed to enforce its rule. And you can see through that that you can see a similarity, can't you? And so, so we need to make sure the blood's over the doorpost. Renew your mind. The Bible talks about build yourself up in the most holy faith. And, uh, you know, that faith is, in Ephesians 6, it talks about that Christian armor. And, uh, you know, and uh, I've had, I've needed my feet shod with the with preparation of peace for a long time. And, you know, it's, uh, and uh, it's hard to have peace. And so you've got to, uh, Gail talked about a in class one time. She talked about a um, told this her class that they all had a, they were painting. It says, I "Want you to paint a picture of peace." And so they um, one lady draw a landscape and, and a tree, a few trees, sort of savannah type drawing. And one lady drew a little bird is in a nest right by a waterfall, and that little bird was asleep. And so that's true peace. 
you know, in, in, in the midst of trouble, and you can have peace. And, you know, and, and, you know, and we can have hope. The Bible says hope is the anchor of our soul. And, and the Bible also says that Jesus, he's seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. You know, we're not in this alone. I've, I've read the book of Esther, and I see, and I've also read about Absalom. I've been, I've been reading about Absalom, how he wanted the kingship from his own father, David. And, you know, and, uh, and when you go against God's people, you're really going against God, aren't you? Uh, you know, we block, we're children of God. Uh, you know, he's our father. And, uh, you know, he, he wants what's best for us. If he didn't want what's best for us, he wouldn't let Jesus went to the cross, would he? And so he, uh, Gail wrote me a little note in here, and uh, she was trying to give me some help. And it says, uh, lessons, and I, I, it says, leave things and people better than you found them. God made and designed and purposed us for this, and we are made in his image. And, you know, uh, that's what God does for us. He, make, he makes us better. He turns and makes us better. And I know I, I grew up to, to be an outlaw. And my dear grandmother, Miss Schussler, uh, the last time she seen me, I was going in a beer joint. <laughs> you know, and I just thought, one of these days, I'm going to surprise her when I, when I get to heaven. I'm going to say, I, you know, I made it. But uh, I have been honored. But, you know, once God gets a hold of you, it changes your life forever. And so whatever happens in this world, you can have peace. The Bible talks about the peace of God that passes all understanding. We can have that, even in a difficult world. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about Job. And I'm skipping around. I'm not even using the notes. But, but uh, Job, you know, he said, even though the devil slay me, I'll serve. I'm going to serve God. And I told Gail, I said, you know what? Uh, back when we was watching news, I said, well, all they can do is cut my head off. You know, that's a, uh, and, uh, you know, and I got to read open Revelations, the 20th chapter, about the, the those people that had been martyred for Christ. And, and uh, they rose up and said, Lord, when are you going to, uh, when are you going to act on our behalf? You know, we, and, he, and he said he gave him a white robe and says, rest for a little while. And when your number is complete, uh, I'll move. And then, uh, and then he said, this is the first resurrection. So, you know, uh, and I believe, you know, he's got a special place for those people that have given their life for Christ. And uh, I believe they'll be in a leadership position, I, I believe, by He'll, come, you know, he'll bring them back when he comes back. So, you know, the Bible talks about a catching away. It doesn't mention actually mention the word rapture, but it does talk about a catching away. And, and Christ uh, it says, where I am, you may be also. And so he, ha he said, I went to prepare a place for you. And where I am, you may be also. And so I just want to encourage you with, uh, with, those, with those thoughts that, that, it's going to be okay. 
God's got him. And whatever happens, and I, I think we just need to support those people. And uh, I remember Gail and I went to several meetings, I, remember, I believe two, they called the Black Robe Regiment. And uh, you remember there, what there's people sent with Dan Fisher, one of them, Gail? And tell about that a little bit, Gail. Well, don't put me on the spot. <laughs> no, okay, what do you want me to tell about? <laughs> well, just tell about what, what about the Black Robe About what the Black Robe Regiment was. Yes. Well, I think that they were just talking about that, you know, in the Revolutionary War, that um, the Minutemen, you know, were actually um, these pastors' congregation. And the pastor was the leader of that, you know, regiment, but it was really his congregation, you know. And so they would be ready in a minute's notice. So he would, you know, have his black robe on over his, you know, He'd be ready to, to fight at any any minute, you know. So, yeah. Um, so that's what you know that that was. You know, I, I uh, the Bible talks about having on your blessed breastplate of righteousness, and you know, we ourselves could never be righteous. But we can take on Christ's righteousness. You know, the Bible says we've all sinned and fell short. And, but we can put that in Ephesians 6. It talks about that, that Christian armor, that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, that breastplate of righteousness, our feet shod with the, uh, the gospel of peace. And so we can put that armor on. And we can stand, and the Bible says, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And uh, I just, uh, I don't believe the devil's got a chance against God's people. And whatever happens to, to God's people, it'll be good. He's going he's gonna to come back for us, and, and, and I just don't think that I, I can not comprehend uh, the love that he has for us and the favor that he's given us even throughout our lifetime, uh, but also in the, especially eternally, what God's got planned for us. And the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. And because you are, are, are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So he is our father. And so whatever the devil, whatever the future holds, whether the Christ comes back or, or, um, or whatever happens, God's, God's got it, you know. And that's, uh, and the last thing I've got is your words are prophetic. We can speak prophetic words. And, uh, and I think uh, the Bible says that we have the d divine power to destroy strongholds. And every thought being brought into obedience of Christ. Every thought. 
And so it's what we think on. That's uh, if we can start our day with with praise music, or get into the Word, or or talk to your friend or your spouse or someone about the Lord. And and uh, you know, I just uh, and I believe that I I know myself. I think we need more boldness. We had a Gail told a story this week about. I'm not going to call his name, but he used to preach here, and he drives a truck now. And he's pretty bold. Clint, you'll never guess his name. But anyway, this week, he was up north somewhere, and I think his wife's driving a truck too. And and it, this, boy, this really convicted me. Gil, you want to tell that too? Well, he was just telling me he went to... Um, he was up in Ohio, I guess, and um, so, you know, he's in tune with the Lord, and he's always um, hearing from the Lord, and he's right there on the edge of his seat listening, and uh, I thought, well, if I was on the edge of my seat listening more, I could probably hear more from God. I don't, I'm not listening. I got my ears perked up like he does, but um, anyway, he was telling me that um, he pulled into this um, Super 8 motel and uh, was trying to get his truck situated, and there was this guy up there. Um, the story just really blessed me. But um, so um, out there um, working on this trailer, and this lady was pushing the, the mower, and they were mowing the, the, whole, the motel yard, you know, grounds there. And um, anyway, the trailer that they hauled the, the mowing stuff on, he was working on a tire or something. Had a couple little kids, about, about three and four years old. And um, anyway, you know, he noticed him there, and he said, you know, he's, you know, pretty rough-looking guy, you know, kind of real. Anyway, um, so he was parking his truck, and he said, the Lord said, um, I want you to go over and pray for that guy. He said, well, okay. So um, he did. I said, well, okay. So he said, he walked over, and he said, hey, dude, he said, you know, you don't know me from Adam, and I don't know you from Adam, but God told me to pray for you. And he said, do you mind if I pray for you? And the guy said, sure, you know, go ahead. So he did. And uh, if I know him, he bared down and prayed for him. And so, um, anyway, that was that. So, we went on up to the rooms, getting situated, and the Lord said, well, um, I want you to buy him a mower. And he said, well, okay, I can do that. He said, I want you to buy him a really nice uh, push mower. So, he said, well, you know, God, I don't know where nothing's at. I'm up here in a semi, and I don't know... <laughs> Where am I supposed to, how am I supposed to go get a mower, you know? But anyway, long story short, he went down there, and he said he was obedient, and he told the guy, I said, you know, I'm, God told me I'm supposed to do something for you. So um, they got in the guy's truck, and a uh, pickup truck, um, and uh, loaded the kids, and the, the lady was still mowing. So they drove down the street to this pawn shop, and um, he went in and bought him, bought him a really nice mower, and... Um, so they got back in the truck, and um, they started to pull off, and he said the guy just broke down and was just boohooing. And um, he said, you don't know me or anything about me. He said, but I just got out of prison. And he said, nobody has ever done anything for me in my whole life. No one's ever gave me anything or done anything for me in my whole life. And he said, you don't know what this means to me. And he told him, he said, well, you know, it's not me. He said, it's all God. And he said, you know, God is just trying to tell you and show you how much he loves you. And um, 
so anyway, um, they um, exchanged numbers, I guess. And so a few weeks later, about a, probably about a month later, um, the guy calls him and he said, I just want you to know I'm in church. I'm taking my uh, kids to church. They love Sunday school. <clears throat> and he said, that lady that was mowing, was, she was a friend, a girlfriend. And he said, but I'm getting back with my wife. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to work things out. And, you know, we're in church. He said, I'm doing really good, you know. And he just thanked him. And I just thought, you know, that's, that's what God can do when we listen to the Spirit and are led by the Spirit. And what, how God can use us to touch other people's lives and, and make a difference. I think that's why we're here is, to, you know, to make a difference. And that's our whole purpose is to be the hands and feet of Christ in our world, you know. And, uh, and I just think we're just so much more fulfilled people when we're doing what we're supposed to, we're designed to do, you know. You know, the, the Bible says it uh, in Corinthians that we're ambassadors for Christ. And he gave us the Holy Spirit. We're ambassadors for Christ. And it finishes up and it says, he, and he makes his appeal through us. So he makes his appeal through us. That's who he's going to use to touch a nation. Touch your neighbor, um, and you know, just I just I just want you to be encouraged, and and uh, you know, I've got a bunch of stuff wrote down, but I probably used my twenty five minutes, twenty five or thirty minutes, but 